Okay, hi folks, uh, this is Sports Editor Steve Lines. I'm uh, here with uh, Free Press columnist Mike McIntyre for episode two of Jet Cetra. We made it. Yes, we're sitting in some room here back in the newsroom of the Winnipeg Free Press. You've got the fancy... The big burgundy? red chair. Is it burgundy? Uh, what color is that? Merlot? I don't know. Merlot, sure. Merlot chair. Uh, I've got a matches your sweater, ugly Steve. Ugly red chair, but it's not too bad. I don't know and how it, I ended up with, <laughs> with the good chair, uh, since you're the boss, but uh, this might actually cost me in the end, but first come, first serve, I suppose. Okay, we should remind people what we're doing here. We're doing a, I don't know, bi-weekly type of thing podcast where we talk about uh, jets and other things. The That's cetera, the et cetera part, the, yeah. The, or the et cetera. The et cetera, yeah. yeah. Et cetera, yeah. And um, so um, let's get right to it. Mike, the Jets played last night. They lost. Did they? Again. Did they, though? Did they, they really did. play last night? <laughs> uh, yeah, what a what a disappointing homestand if, if you're a Jets fan. like uh, One and four? One and four. I mean, they Yuck. they came. They started the homestand four and two. Right. And if you looked at what was sort of on the schedule, yeah, not, not really. exactly powerhouse no, teams. No, no, and no. I think most people expected the Jets would come out of the homestand in better shape than they started. Instead, They've been a good home team. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they had been, although they had lost six in a row at home dating back to the end of last season and the playoffs. Oh, okay. Uh, Three regular season games, and then, of course, they lost all three games to the Blues at home. So 0-6 at Bell MTS to end last season, and not exactly a great start this year. Um, They won their home opener, of course, against Minnesota, uh, but then they lost three in a row. They eke out a win over the Oilers in a shootout, and then they sort of take another big step back on uh, on Tuesday night, so so they come out last night. It's the last game of their homestand or whatever. They get outshot twenty-one to five, yeah, in the first period. I, I'm not sure how that happens, frankly, um, and who's responsible for that. Um, is that coaching? Is that the leadership core? And we'll talk about a little bit about that yeah. in a second. But I mean, you know, like how, how does that happen against oh, oh, oh the mighty L.A. Kings? Yeah, a team that I expect is going to be in the lottery. Yeah. draft pick conversation yeah. by the time the year's over. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they did take two penalties in the first five minutes of the game. That's right. never a good way to start. They killed them off, though. And it's funny, you know, talking to Paul Maurice and Blake Wheeler after the game last night, they actually blamed the two penalties for the poor start. And yet, I would actually think it should be the opposite. You kill them both off, and shouldn't you get some momentum out of that? I mean, we always hear that in sports, right? You gain momentum off a penalty kill. The Jets' penalty kill has been abysmal, so they killed two off. You'd think they'd say, okay, that's behind us. Now let's go. Instead, the Kings continued to sort of have them under siege. And really, the only reason that game was tied after the first period was because of Connor Hellebuck. He's yeah. the only Jet who showed up yeah. on time. Uh, I don't know. Uh, it's bizarre to me. I mean, earlier in the year... Paul Maurice referred to the busy schedule as a bit of an excuse and the lack of practice time. And whether you believe that is an excuse or not, it was... You're using the word excuse a lot, Mike. Yeah, but I mean, (laughs) and again, the Jets were in relatively good shape to start the year, but there's no question they had a busy schedule. They They played more games than any other team. They had a couple road trips. They really hadn't practiced at all. But that's not an excuse now. I mean, they've been at home sleeping mm-hmm. in their own beds for mm-hmm. the last 10 days. Mm-hmm. They've had di- multiple days in some cases between games. Like, they should be rested. They should be ready. And clearly they were not. Um, yeah, I mean. So, so one guy one guy that I've know, you and I have talked about a little bit already this morning, we're going to talk about right now, 
and you're going to write a column about yeah. it later where people can uh, and you've done a morning skate video i think already on this today and uh, coming at and, you from uh, every we're, angle we're, we're on the same page with this or whatever is that one guy who was missing last night and has been missing and can't be missing is captain blake wheeler and so i just had a look at at some of his uh early perf- lack of performance yeah. this season three goals and three assists in the first 11 games, he's got zero points in 11 games on the power play. That's the that's, shocker. That's like zero. Um, this guy's 33 years old with a salary of $8.25 million this year and four yeah. more years. Um, and then there's this whole leadership issue, which has been an issue, was an issue last year. Apparently, he ruffled feathers and or there were some ruffled feathers. He then told... Our colleague Jason Bell yeah. and yourself in training camp that he was going to address this and things were going to be different this year. He followed that by doing an interview uh, with TSN's Sarah Orleski, where he said about new players coming into the league, you have to sort of coddle them a little mm. bit. Um, I'm thinking Blake Wheeler is not getting off to, uh, on the right foot in 2019 and 20 in a number of different areas and. This could be a huge problem, like just huge. Yeah, he strikes me as a guy right now who has no answers for both his own game and his team's Mm -hmm. struggles, and that Mm -hmm. is a problem because he's a guy who should have some answers. He's been around the league long enough. Um, Let's talk about the actual on-the-ice stuff first. I mean, I see a guy who has no confidence right now. He's not skating the way we used to see Blake Wheeler skate. I mean, who can forget in those early years with the Jets – the way he'd fly down the right wing and, you know, often cut hard to the net, you know, like a true power forward. Mm. We're not seeing that anymore. And is that because he's lost a step or two? He certainly wouldn't be the first athlete at, at his age to lose a step. Right. That's inevitable, I think. Um, but even the little things that used to work so well for him just are not working. And, and you mentioned the lack of power play points. That is the most stunning thing of all. Last night's game, for instance, was a one goal loss by the Jets. They went 0 for 5 on the power play. I can only think of one of those five power plays where they actually generated some looks. And a lot of that came when the second unit was mm-hmm. on the ice, not Blake Wheeler's unit. Mm-hmm. All those little seam passes and things that he seemed to do so well, either other teams have figured it out or it's just not there anymore. And, you know, the fact that we're 11 games in and a guy who's supposed to be the quarterback of one of the best power plays in the league doesn't even have a single point, a secondary assist even tells you everything about his state of play. And then there's, it seems to me like his brain isn't necessarily yeah, there. passing back to places that there's nobody even Against there. Against the Oilers yeah. the other night, twice on their own power play, he he was the best penalty killer on the ice because he actually <laughs> cleared, he, he iced the puck. Right, yeah, yeah. Um, and then last night, he went offside with five seconds left. Jets are making one final frantic rush, right. and he's offside, and that was, that was the game right there. Like, mm-hmm. Those are just mistakes that somebody of his experience should not be making. I don't know what the answer is, and he clearly doesn't either. I mean, and I'm going to write about this, but just seeing him in the room last night, there was a, a vulnerability, I think, that you don't usually see from Blake Wheeler. Usually he's the confident, brash, some would almost say arrogant. Um, there was none of that. There was He sounded defeated, um, and I don't know how – I mean – Maybe we're seeing a softer side of Blake Wheeler this year. I will say, I think we've seen him be more engaging with the media, with his teammates. 
Does he uh, need to go back to being the? I don't know. Other, maybe he does. I, maybe I'm not going to use the words. Right. <laughs> but I mean, maybe he does. Maybe this uh, isn't him. Yeah, this isn't him. Yeah. And yeah. maybe it's not only affecting the way he carries himself. Maybe it's affecting his game. Because, yeah, I mean, he wouldn't be the first athlete, right? Who, who some guys thrive on. Well, they're talking about identity crisis with this team or whatever. Sure. Maybe he's having he one. Seemed, exactly. Yeah, and yeah, it's, yeah. he uses that term identity a yeah, lot. Yeah, yeah. And he said last night, we're, we're trying to find our identity on the fly here. Well, he I, I don't know if he knows what his identity is Yeah, he better is right find now. his pre- uh, lickety-split. Um, so one guy, though, you did mention, and uh, just to end the first period on a bit of a positive note for the Jets or whatever, is that Connor Hellebuck yeah. um, has clearly, in my mind, uh, been the team's best player this season. He's got a 2.38 goals against average, a .929 save percentage, has made, you know, so many really, really big saves. He's been a really good player since the early troubles. He has, and that, you know, we may look back and that that tough first night at Madison Square Garden, and maybe more than anything, Steve, um, being benched for two straight games. Mm -hmm. I won't say he was benched for the second game of the year. He wasn't going to play that one anyways. He was absolutely benched for that third game in Long Island. That was his start, and Paul Maurice sent a very early message to his number one goalie: "You're not good. You're not playing well enough, so you're going to sit." Um, the Jets lost that game, but ever since then, we've yeah, seen a, a much game. more focus and kind of like they, maybe they need to sit Blake Wheeler at the end of the yeah. match, uh, for the power plays anyway. Well, right? and yeah. and you know, I know we have to wrap up the first period here, but they did do one thing last night that I must say I was shocked: they pulled Blake Wheeler off the top line. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, he's not benched, mm-hmm. but he's lost his spot with his buddy, the guy he's been joined at the hip with for the last years, and Mark Shifley. That's got to be a bit of a wake-up call, a bit of a humbling experience. How long that lasts, I won't hold my breath. Uh, we may see Wheeler back on the top line as early as Saturday in Regina, right. but that was a bit of a bold move by Paul Maurice, uh, and you know, it just shows desperate times, I guess. <laughs> Okay, Mike, we're back for the second period. Um, Great intermission. Uh, chair. Good, good pep talk there, Steve. <laughs> you really riled up the troops, and I think we're ready to come out, maybe with a better second period than the Winnipeg Jets well, did last let's night. Hope so. Uh, Our first period was way better than it was. We uh, a lot more offense, I think. Or uh, so um, something happened yesterday. Uh, I'll share something with you. Um, I, I was chatting with an ex NHL hockey player. Yep. Um, that I see pretty regularly in the gym in the mornings. I go to a gym where there's a bunch of NHL yeah, hockey players, and um, I asked one of them, um, a guy who uh, played last year. Uh, I said to him, "How long would it take you uh, to get ready to play in the NHL if you started right now?" Right. And uh, you know, because I wanted to ask him basically how long it would take Dustin Bufflin yeah, uh, to, to get ramp ready, it up to, to get to play or whatever. Sure. And so his, he told me, he said, it would take me uh, four weeks and he doesn't work out like I work out. Like I've seen him work yeah. out. He works out. He's a fiend. So anyways, um, his suggestion was that it would take Dustin Bufflin six weeks probably to get, if he decided today right. that he wanted to get back playing, it would take him six weeks to get ready. Um, this this holding of holding hostage, holding the team hostage by Dustin Bufflin and all this or whatever, something's got to give here, I think. And and even if he decides, I mean, how long is right. it going to be till he plays? Yeah. And then even what are you getting from him? Right. Even when he does get right. to what whatever a hundred percent, this could take sure. a couple months. And, and I don't know yeah. that the Jets have that time, right. not with the kind of money they'd have invested in. No. 
the Jets did something interesting just before we started recording today. The Jets picked up another defenseman on waivers today, Steve. Great. Lucas Spiza. My Twitter is blowing wow, up with love people. these waiver claims. Yeah, I mean, that's two now, right? The Jets are building a defense. <laughs> Next, they'll be claiming Grant, Grant Klitsum. Yeah, well, if he's out there, I might want to give Chevy a call. Uh, Lucas Spiza, a guy who has practically been out of the NHL for the last two years. Like he's been on PTOs mm-hmm. these last two seasons with Vegas and the Islanders. I think he's only played about a dozen or so NHL games. Um, a veteran guy, he's got 500 plus games of experience, but is that a move? Do you make that move if you think Dustin Bufflin's close to a return or the other well, part of the, not anywhere close to a return. No. Yeah. Um, Ville Hanela. I mean, to me, the writing's almost on the wall now. Uh, it's strange. You could make an argument. Hanel is one of the best six defensemen this team has right now, mm-hmm. but he's 18. I think we saw a little bit. I, I know I did last night in the game a couple times. He he got out muscled. Mm-hmm. That's, I mean, he's, he's a very small young man. He's a teenager. Mm-hmm. Um, are they worried? I don't think he's ever played more than like 40 games in his career. If you're the Jets, maybe you're worried about What's game 50 going to look like or game 70 against some of the heavy Western Conference competition? The Jets haven't had a lot of that. So to me, the fact they pick up another D on waivers today tells me Buffalo's not coming back anytime soon. Henela's probably got one foot out the door, either back to Finland or maybe they look at something with the Moose. Sammy Niku's groin like, continues what, to... What's going on with Sammy Niku? So not even guy, skating he, again. He's not even skating no, again. No, okay, and... and so. I mean, these even gro- when he was healthy, though they didn't call him up. No, they didn't. But they they sent him down to try and get him back up to game speed because he missed so much at training camp. I think they thought his conditioning wasn't where it needed to be. He actually put on a lot of weight over the over the summer. Not the kind like maybe, not good weight. Well, muscle. Oh, but okay. when you're a guy who's one of your real strengths is speed. I mean, Sammy Niku's a great skater. I think he put on like 15 pounds of muscle. That could have an impact on your. And is that part of the reason now he's battling this groin injury that doesn't seem yeah, maybe, to be getting yeah. any better? Um, and it's tough to get up to speed when your groin isn't. I mean, you need that in hockey. So uh, Nathan Bolio, uh, Nathan Bolio is is supposedly you need that always cl- Mike, not just in hockey. Exactly, <laughs> <laughs> Bolio is uh, is close to a return. Um, Tucker Pullman. I mean, the Jets just can't stay healthy, right? Tucker mm-hmm. Pullman's now out with a minor injury. All these guys are playing big roles. Do you know anything about what's going on with Logan Stanley? Here's a guy. Is he? He's hurt again too, by he's the way. He's hurt again too? Yeah, he's hurt with okay, the moose. Yeah. Oh, not even skating. Uh, moose are practicing this morning, and he's not skating. So, Has he played this year? He has. I should know these things. Yeah, he, I rely no, on you guys. Yeah, now. no, he's played, and he's, by all accounts, played fairly well. All right. uh, although the moose are struggling. They're one and five, uh-huh. and they're battling a number of injuries too, but yeah, I mean, the the defense is just in this constant state of flux, but it all comes back to number 33, as you said off the top of the segment here. And I don't know. I mean, I know it was reported last week. A couple of the insiders, TSN guys said there's reason for optimism. I mean, you know, that j- was, I'm, I'm going to touch on that. Yeah. I'm going to take a shot at TSN sure. and Darren Drager here. Okay, so these guys uh, for uh, uh, an entire afternoon and then evening and early part of the game were like, uh, uh, it, it's, it's like baiting uh, people to right. stay tuned <laughs> for the in-between periods for an update on the Dustin Bufflin situation and that had absolutely nothing. Darren Drager says uh, the Jets aren't talking. Nobody on the team is talking. 
uh, but there's reason to be optimistic. How, like, where do you get this from, yeah. Al? Nobody knows what's going on. I mean, to give credit to our colleague, I think Jason <laughs> Bell had a better update uh, Absolutely. a few days earlier. Yeah. He actually spoke to some people and he reported that, in fact, there was a meeting between Bufflin's camp right. and the Jets a couple right. days earlier and then it went well. So right. there's your reason for optimism. I guess so. So he read the free press and that yeah. gave him the reason for optimism? I mean, at this point... Beware, folks. These TV guys are just... It's crazy, though, isn't it? Like we, we get the metrics every month with, say, on, on our website and what stories are most read. If you looked at last month, the Bufflin, Bufflin stories... I mean, yeah, it was like people, six out of ten I know. It was insane. <laughs> I think the number one read story, not just sports, but everything in our newsroom was a Bufflin story, was, yeah. which just shows the, I mean, people are waiting with bated breath. Even if there's no update, sometimes that gets the masses talking. Okay. Another big thing that we've kind of pointed out this week, uh, you pointed out and we'd been chatting about it. Uh, it was the very first time since the Jets came back to Winnipeg that they played a game at uh, Bell MTS place. It's called yep. now uh, without a full house. Right. Um, how have the crowds been for the rest of the homestand? So it's interesting. Last night was listed as a complete sellout, okay. 15 325. And right. yet. What about the Oilers game? Was it as well? It was. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, Not surprising. But the Oilers game, I went on Ticketmaster at 6 o'clock. The game was at 6 on Sunday. As Puck was about to drop, there were no tickets available. Last night, I went on Ticketmaster at 7 o'clock as the Puck was about to drop. Uh-huh. I counted about 200 available tickets right, yeah. on Ticketmaster. And yet at the end of the night, it was listed as a complete 15, 325 sellout. Did those 200 plus tickets sell from, did, were people so enamored with what they saw in the first period from the Jets that people <laughs> raced down to the rink, said, I got to get me some of that. Um, it's not good enough to watch that at home. I got to see the Jets get dominated in person. I know there's some leeway in terms of what yeah, constitutes so, yeah. a sellout, yeah. which is why I think it was newsworthy against the Coyotes that for the first time ever, whether or not you actually agree that there have been other times they maybe haven't had a full right. building, and I think right. that's true. That been, sure. But that was the first time they acknowledged and actually recorded the attendance as something well under, not well under, but now they spun five. The, they spun the story that it was all expected, et cetera, et cetera. You talked to Rob Wasney, that's yeah, his name, right? True North. And, and they all, I mean, it was we all. talked every, about the storm. Everything and, was fine, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but um, if you read the feedback to the yeah, column I did yeah, and yeah. we all got feedback, I don't yeah. think everything's fine. I mean, no. people are unhappy and there's a number of complaints. The, the, the price keeps going up significantly every year. I think every single year they've rolled over the maximum that they promised they would in terms of tickets. The inflation has been there. Um, I'm not sure that people, I think people are getting fed up a little bit with the lack of transparency in the, uh, with this team as well. They never really, tell, they, they, they don't treat their fans in a way that uh, it tells them exactly what's going on. They, they, all this privacy stuff, and listen, we've complained about complained about it forever, but I think fans get fed up with it as well. Yeah, and I hear other complaints about the in-game experience. Now, I travel, of course, cover the team in other buildings. I must say, Steve, I mean, the fan experience at a lot of these road rinks we go to blows away what you see at Bell MTS. And I know True North has always said, oh, the hockey sells. It's, it's about the hockey. We don't need the bells and whistles. But I don't know about that. I mean, have, we, have they taken their fans for granted? The bloom is sort of off the rose. I think we can all agree on that. Uh, but at the same time, I, I think people want more. They want more for their money. 
And, you know, the price of concessions is through the roof and parking and all that keeps going up every year. And they're maybe not seeing the tangible results. I will just quickly say other, every other Canadian city this year already has had a non-sell, including the Toronto Maple Leafs the other night, which was a bit of a stunner. Montreal as well. Seems like it's not just a Winnipeg thing. Maybe it's a a Canadian thing as well. Okay, we're back for the third period, Mike, here, as we like to call the Cetra or the Et Cetra. What are we calling it? The well, Cetra I guess the, 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 the Et is already in Jet, right? Right. So this would be the Cetra. Okay, so I, I if it was the Et Cetra, then it would be Jet Et Cetra. Right, right. Okay, so I was really curious about this word after we did this last week. I don't know why. Just yeah, where does the word Et Cetra come right. from? What does so it mean? I, lo- I looked it up. Oh. I did, yeah. Well, you it, should share with a, us what you know. It's a Latin expression, of course. Of course. It wasn't invented by the Greeks, although the Greeks will tell you they invented everything. Um, I digress. I was just in Greece. Um, it's a Latin expression that is used in English to mean and other similar things and so forth. Oh. Um, the et means and, while the cetera means the rest. Thus, the expression means and the rest of such things. Well, and we're going to get to the rest of such things here in the third period. <laughs> I'd say as we traditionally do, we're only two episodes into really this. We really that, though. I mean, giving people that kind of Yeah, I mean, where, where else can you get that information, folks? <laughs> where else would you want to get it? I yeah, don't know. I'm not sure either. Okay, so game one of the World Series last night. Let's talk about that. Let's I mean, go Nationals. Talk, yeah, let's go, let's go Nationals. Yeah, well, I mean... Okay, so. I was, um, a, I was, a, were you an like? Expo fan, by the way? Of course I was. Yeah, I was yeah, too. for sure. I was a huge time. Expo fan. And I still kind of think of the Washington Nationals as the Expos. Weirdly. Yeah. It's like, I mean, hang, talk about not letting go. I mean, oh my God, let go, Steve. Yeah, I mean, an, enough time has passed, of course, that. that it's been a couple it, years. It has been. It? <laughs> How um, long has it been? But uh, 15? Yeah. 15 years, I think. Oh. What really sealed it for me, though, I mean, the Astros. They have, they have a bit of a PR nightmare on their hands they this do. week If you, for folks who haven't been paying attention. A quick recap, Roberto sure. Osuna was a closer with the Toronto Blue Jays. He was arrested, charged with a horrific domestic assault incident, ended up getting suspended, I think, 75 games yeah, by MLB. 80, something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Half Blue, the season Blue Jays ended up trading him. They, once that happened... Like, well, they figured he'd never be good in Toronto right. again. Yeah. And and he was a guy, by the way, when he came up his first two years, I'm a Blue Jays fan. Everybody thought he was the next Mariano Rivera, like he was going to be a, a good pitcher. He, he is a good great. pitcher. He was really, really good in the in those two playoffs. He was. For the, uh, for the so Jays. they trade him for Ken Giles, who's now the current closer right. with the Jays. Um, but Onosuna never, I guess it was one of these no contest type of deals in the States. Like, he didn't actually. He wasn't actually found guilty, mm-hmm. but he was suspended by MLB, mm-hmm. which did its own investigation and found there was certainly merit that he did something very bad. Mm-hmm. Um, so what happened the other night? The Astros clinched the. They, they're off to the World Series. A story emerged the other day that the assistant GM of Houston in the raucous locker room following the game the game by the way which they won despite the fact Osuna served up a two-run bomb in the top of the ninth um Houston ended up hitting their own walk-off home run Jose Altuve uh to advance the World Series but anyways the assistant GM in the presence of three female reporters screamed some comments out about I'm so glad and was quite profane but that we got Roberto Osuna One of the women uh, reporters was actually wearing like a pin for domestic violence awareness. And it certainly, he made these comments knowing full well uh, what he was doing. Uh, The story came out and the Houston Astros initially 
denied that basically said this was taken the wrong way and this was a fabrication they threw the reporter who wrote the piece under the bus uh but then other people came forward who were there to confirm no it happened exactly as the story says and then houston was forced to issue another apology they didn't apologize to the reporter who they called her reporting into question they did though admit that it it didn't come across the right way. Right. Anyways, it's it's a massive PR disaster, and I hope the Astros get swept. To against oh, absolutely, swept. I hope they get wow, swept. swept. <laughs> yeah, I mean, good riddance to them. What a joke of an. The, the, if the MLB and MLB, by the way, is investigating. If they don't, at, at the very least, find this clown, this assistant GM, right. then they are. I mean, they should probably do more than just fine them. Um, so Washington won the first game. They last, did last night. Yeah, they beat uh, Garrett Cole, which was, was uh, almost was unbeatable. Nineteen and zero um, in his last twenty five starts. You know, I, I, I I'm for Washington for a number of different yeah. reasons, of course. Um, and I don't normally cheer that much in sports. A little bit in baseball. We don't have a local baseball team, so I can I can still be sure. a fan. A and sports impartial. Fan. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm not much of a sports fan anymore after thirty two years of doing this, but. Um, and, and certainly can't be a fan of, of local teams for right. sure, right? And so, but in baseball, I still am a little bit, right? And um, so there's a number, A, the Nationals used to be the Expo, so that's kind of cool. Um, uh, B, um, it would be so, I really, 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 really dislike Bryce Harper. I, I was, I knew okay, you were going so, there. <laughs> and the first year so, they get rid of Bryce Harper. Isn't that, isn't that so good? Yeah. I mean, you know, I just, there's something about Bryce Harper that sure. kind of just always rubbed me and a lot of people the yeah. wrong way. And so he leaves for this gazillion dollar contract with the Phillies and the Phillies don't, Phillies make don't the even playoffs, make the playoffs. And right. Nationals achieve heights never achieved the, before. The World Series, of course. Yeah. And then there's just something. And this is totally a flaw of mine, but Justin Verlander, who pitches for the for Astros, I just I, I just envy him so much that I don't like him. Oh. <laughs> envy him that you don't like him. Well, I mean, he's he's just he's got everything going on in his life. He's so put together, you yeah. know, Not to mention being married to Kate Upton, but uh, you know, and and all of the things that he's going on in the world. It's just like I would love to be Justin Verlander. Yeah, right, you know. Well, uh, and he's going to pitch tonight, I believe, yes. right? Uh, yes. As Washington will try and take a 2 nothing lead, as I said, go Nationals. Exactly. Um, Suck at Astros. Bombers play Friday, final game of the season, the regular yeah. season. Um, not sure who's going to be at quarterback. Uh, Chris Strebler did not practice yesterday. Have they uh, put him back together yet? I'm not sure. Uh, um, Zach Kalaros... Uh, um, has uh, took the number one reps. Uh, there's not a whole lot for the Bombers to play for on Friday. This game means nothing, in my it, opinion. It win doesn't, or lose, doesn't win matter. Or lose, yeah, they, because they, they look is, destined to play. Even on if the road. they beat Calgary, is Calgary really losing to BC next week? No, no. Especially with Mike Riley now out, no, they're not losing. No, that's so not happening. regardless, and and that's why I think this game. The only reason this game has any importance to the Bombers is maybe to get Zach Caleros integrated into the program because I wouldn't mind seeing what he's got for too, sure for next year right too yeah absolutely I mean yeah. they have nobody signed next year right other no. than Sean McGuire I think is the only quarterback there who's that isn't he the third stringer sure <laughs> now maybe the four I don't know fourth string but I mean I if, said to my boss the other day I said I could not even tell you the third string quarterbacks right for the Bombers and he laughed he said yeah That's okay you don't really need to know but if you're the Bombers so you have a bye week next week. Right. Uh, I don't think I don't think Strebler should even see the field this week. Like let him recover. Oh, no, Doug Brown did a really good call for us. He did. This he did. Week, Absolutely. Talking about that. Take it's a like, knee. Take a knee. 
rest up so he'd have this week off next week off and then practice the following week that's almost three weeks off sure. in between games and know? then if you're the bombers i mean let's face it zach caleros if he's on can do things chris strebler cannot namely like throw the ball pass. Like quarterback yeah. right yeah. yeah he can play quarterback he can play quarterback <laughs> whereas chris strebler is a running back he can play running back playing the role of a quarterback but let's look back when were the bombers most effective early in the year when they got off to that five and oh start and they had a nice system going where Nichols was doing his thing and then Strebler would spell him off at times. Sort of a two-headed monster. Obviously, Matt Nichols is not coming back this year, but if they could get Caleros to be a poor man's Matt Nichols, if you will, and at least fill that role, maybe when they get to the playoffs, whether it's against Calgary, Saskatchewan, very likely on the road, win or lose on Friday, if you could have a two-pronged attack that way, I think that at least gives the Bombers a fighting chance. If they're going into the game and Caleros doesn't know the system, is barely played, mm-hmm. and you're just relying on Chris Strebler to win the game for you, uh, well, you're you're not going to win that game. You're done. So I think Friday could be important just to see what Caleros could do. Yeah. I expect he'll like probably... See, uh, he hasn't played for... Uh, uh, listen, Zach Caleros it, it can be a very good quarterback, sure. and I'd like to see what he can do. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, Mike, we were doing so well today that we thought we'd have just a little bit of overtime. I just want to touch on one final thing. You guys are, you and Jay, yeah. are jumping in a car. Road trip. Uh, road trip. Road trip to Regina. The, the old-fashioned way, yeah, wow. taking a vehicle. I, I, yeah, so, okay, uh, good luck ha- having a lot of fun in Regina. Um, the Jets are playing the, I was going to say the Stamps. That would be <laughs> yeah, It would be. They might win. They, uh, the Jets are playing the Flames. Uh, Saturday night at Mosaic Stadium. Late start, by the way, 9 p.m. Winnipeg time. Right, 8 o'clock. 8 o'clock. I want to make sure that there's no glare from the sun. I guess. Remember when they had the Heritage here, they actually had to delay it because of the sun. So um, it's a late start. It'll be 9 o'clock here. Um, and, um, and then you're off to, then, and then you're off to the West coast. Lucky you, where are you going? Uh, so we go to Anaheim. Uh, so I'm, I'm driving back to Winnipeg Sunday, flying to Anaheim Monday. Jets play against the Ducks on Tuesday. Yeah. Dallas Aikens, head coach of the Anaheim Ducks, right. former, uh, uh, former Jet and Moose. Um, and then they're off to San Jose and Sin City, Las Vegas. So, what Say we, hello to Gary Lawless when you're there. I will, saying, absolutely. Yeah. Right. Uh, but yeah, the road gets a lot, the schedule gets a lot tougher from here on out again for the Jets. So uh-huh. uh, we'll see what they can do on the road. They haven't been very good at home. Maybe they can turn their fortunes around. Yeah, maybe. So um, is, is there, there's lots of excitement building around this uh, outdoor game? Or I don't know. Is there people going to go there? There's tickets Winnipeg? still available, is but there? They're, yeah. they're actually having, uh, it's a two event thing it because seems to start the whole week is it already on there or yeah like they're doing yeah. a couple things yeah. today and tomorrow festival right. uh there's a western hockey league game on sunday so they're in the same facility at mosaic uh, i believe it's the pats and the hitmen okay. calgary hitmen are playing i guess they're hoping that a lot of calgary fans come in as well you can uh, see the okay. flames and the hitmen right. yeah, yeah. um I don't know. Yeah, the shines. From Calgary are flocking to Regina all the time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I think the shines kind of off these things, right? One thing they're not doing yeah. this time around, yeah. there's no alumni game like we saw in right. Winnipeg. That was fun. Might have been fun to see, you know, Gary Suter and Al McGinnis and yeah. Jim Poplinski and whatever. Yeah, so we've seen the Jets alumni. Now. We have. So um, Okay, we'll have a good trip. Um, and um, tell the folks uh, yeah, where they can actually listen to this. If they're not listening to it, 
right now somewhere. Well, you're listening presumably on the website, but you can actually download us now. We're available everywhere. I've wanted to be downloaded forever. Yeah, exactly. Uh, iTunes, uh, of course, uh, Google Play, Spotify, TuneIn, and Stitcher. <laughs> no clue. I'm sure you're a big fan of Stitcher, Steve. Yeah. What was the first one before that? Uh, so iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, TuneIn, and Stitcher. Those okay, are the platforms you can... You can now download Jetsetra. We'll be back uh, another right. couple weeks from now. Okay, have a good trip. See you, folks.